الحكيم اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا كلها أولها وآخرها دقيقها وجليلها سرها وعلنها اللهم يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك اللهم يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على طاعتك أما بعد إن شاء الله this is our first session of the book that we will study Abi Shuja' and we will discuss uh, the author and the book later on inshallah ta'ala but I'd like to start with a reminder to my brothers and sisters in Islam as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran remind for verily reminder benefits the believers something that all of you are aware of and that is as a brother mentioned fasting the six days of Shawwal Brothers, we have an opportunity right in front of us, glaring right in front of us, and we don't take advantage of it, subhanAllah. The Prophet ﷺ, he says in the famous hadith, narrated by Imam Muslim in his sahih hadith of Abi Ayyub al-Ansari. Who knows who Abu Ayyub al-Ansari is? Who's Abu Ayyub al-Ansari? Just tell me, some of you guys know. Alright, let's put that aside. Who knows his real name? We know his kunya, we know his... What's his real name? Oh, come on, nobody's gonna run a Google search. Abu Ayyub al-Ansari's name is Khalid ibn Zayd. He... Uh, what was he known for? He was known for one thing. What was that? Who knows? Come on, brothers, you guys are silent. Two types of people never learn. As Mujahid ibn Jabal, rahimahullah, he mentioned. Jahid ibn Jabal is one of the students of Ibn Abbas Two types of people never learn One who's shy and the one who's arrogant They'll never learn All right? And Ibn Abbas when he was asked about how he attained knowledge He said With a tongue that asks And a heart that was smart Intellectual Right. So participation is important what was Abu Ayyub al-Asari? What was he known for? How long did he live in his house? Six months or seven months? Was it six months or seven months? Who could correct that for us? Somebody correct that for us real quick. Somebody search it. I believe it was seven months. Right? Anyways, Abu Ayyub al-Asari, he narrates that the Prophet ﷺ said, من صام رمضان ثم أتبعه ستة من شوال كان كصيام الدهر. That whoever fasts Ramadan then adds six days of شوال, it is as if he fasted the entire day, the entire year. So Ramadan consists of 30, 30 days, right? 29, 30 days. All right, and we know that fasting one day equals how much? Fasting one day, how much? How many days? It's as if you fasted 10 days, right? All right, 30 times 10 is 300. And you fast one of the six days, how much is that? 10 each, 10 times six is 60. Some of you guys are already gone, lost. <laughs> 300 plus 60 is almost 360. That's the entire year. But SubhanAllah, look at how much ajr we have to cash in on. We could be chilling, drinking tea, you know, water, whatever you want to drink, eating. 
and you get the edge of fasting, all you have to do is fast these six days. Say whenever opportunities present themselves, you gotta take advantage of it, you gotta seize it, all right? Uh, because opportunities could, could be the first, could be the beginning of enterprises. You know, we gotta have this outlook of a legit tycoon in the Akhirah. You know, in this dunya, we all talk about business, we all talk about making money, this, that, everybody's trying to be an entrepreneur. But what about the real entrepreneur in the Akhirah? SubhanAllah. How many people are taking advantage of it? You have Ajr just right, right in front of you. All you have to do is fast six days. SubhanAllah. But it gets even sweeter. After Shawwal, if you fast three days a month, it's as if you fasted the entire month, right? Man, you do that consistently for 12 months, three days equals how much? That's another 12 months. So you're eating and you're drinking and you get in the edge of two days. Let's say you decide a little, you know, you decide to fast four or five days. That day you're fasting, you're getting the edge of how many days? Three. You're fasting one day and you're getting the edge of three days. SubhanAllah. They say, you know, uh, you can you can kill a couple birds with a stone, right? Or how about killing three birds with a stone? That's very rare. It's like a it's like a four-point play. That's a four-point play right there. All you have to do is fast six days. Next month, fast three days. Halas, you're good. You got two years right there. How many people have this mindset of the Akhirah? SubhanAllah. So I just like to remind my brothers about the importance of fasting the six days. Uh, of Shawwal, we only have, what, 22, 23 days in raining, or you can split them up, you can do it together, it doesn't really matter. Allahu A'lam, uh, let us begin with the book of transactions from Abi Shuja'ah. And Abi Shuja'ah is a classic primer in Shafi'i Fiqh. It is studied worldwide. It's the first book that you study in the Madhab, in the Shafi'i School of Thought, and sometimes it's the second book. And Abi Shuja'ah is a very interesting you know, character. You, some of you guys that have the book, what does it say here? He passed away in the year what? 593. The ones who have the ones who have the ultimate perspectives. What does he say? What does he say? 593 as well. They say that Abi Shuja'ah, Taala, whose name is Ahmed ibn al Hassan or Ahmed ibn al Hussein, Shihabuddin al Asbahani. They say that he lived for 160 years. This is something that is like yani popular. It's been popularized. Abi Shuja'ah lived for 160 years. Now, now, now brothers and sisters, this, is this possible for somebody to live 160 years? Is it possible? I mean, he lived in the 6th, 5th century Hijri, about yani, 8, 9 centuries ago. Is it possible for a person to live 160 years? Is that possible? Possible? How about if I drop a hadith? Narrated by Imam Malik in his Al-Muwatta. Prophet says, A'amaru ummati bayna sittina wa sab'een. That the ages of my ummah is between 60 and 70. What you gonna do with this hadith? I mean, you can, you know, the scholars, they define it. You can go over a little bit, but a hundred years over? Is that possible? But then it's in the books. What are we gonna do here? The book says, all these books, all these people who... Yeah, he uh, mentioned the biography of Abu Shuja. They say he lived for 160 years. 
Now there is one scholar or one sheikh from our uh, from our times. He's like, you know, this, this something doesn't add up. Something doesn't add up here. So he went back to the manuscripts and he went back to the books and 160 years turned out to be the age of another man who had the same kunya and the same father's name. His name is Lahiruddin Muhammad instead of Ahmed, Ibn al-Hasan, Abi Shuja'. He is the one who passed away in the year 593. All right, that was the first mistake they found. So it was a mistake that they found that uh, Abi Shuja', the year that he died was wrong. And a famous story, they say that uh, he was asked, uh, how were you able to live this long? And this is what they narrate, and I'm gonna tell you guys the correction of this. And he said a very famous statement. He said, That they are bones and يعني, the body, we took care of it when we were young from sins, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took care of it when we were older. Now, even this statement that is mutawatir from Abi Shuja', he did not say it himself. Another scholar said it, and brothers and sisters, why am I taking my time to mention this point? I'm trying to tell you guys the importance of something called verification. We have a problem, and our problem is that we don't verify. We hear something, and what do we do? We run with it. Tell it to everybody, right? We don't verify our information. We don't verify our sources. Something doesn't make sense, go back to the books, go back to the sources. Right? The Prophet he says, the hadith of Abi Huraira, uh, it's narrated by a Muslim in, in his introduction. He says, That it is enough of a lie for a person to what? To pass on everything he hears. You gotta filter. Verification is very important. So this guy, mashallah, what did he do? He went back. All right, he went back to the sources and he found out that this statement was actually mentioned by a scholar that preceded him a century. His name is Abu Tayyib al-Tabari, rahimahullah, who's also another judge. Abu Shuja' was a judge and he was also a judge. He passed away in the year 450 after the Hijrah. Now Abu Tayyib al-Tabari, rahimahullah, he said a very similar statement. They say that one time in when he, was, when he reached 100, he was 100 years old, he jumped, uh, he jumped over something. And they told him, listen, why are you jumping at this old age? Uh, you're basically calling for yourself to go to your grave. So he's like, listen, I took care of my body when I was young from sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gonna take care of my body. I'm jumping, brother. So that's where he got the, you know, that's where he got it from. SubhanAllah, 100 years old, my man has hops. We got brothers right now, they're barely in their 20s. They can't even grab a ball from, from the air, right? They can't even cop it, they can't grab a rebound. But 100 years old and he's jumping, subhanAllah. And he was confident, he said, what did he say? He said, I took care of it when I was young from sins, Allah is gonna take care of it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to exercise. I met, a, I met an old man before Ramadan, well over his, well over 100, well over 100, Allah this old man, I was surprised. He 
make wudu himself. He would walk for miles by himself. And he's talking like a youngster. He's joking, he's chilling, he's energetic, you know. Uh, we even had to take a uh, pop a camera out and you know, uh, you know, uh, videotape some of the stories he had, and we were flashing the light in his face, and he was taking it. I was surprised at this old man, Subhanallah. And this old man, he, he has a lot of, he has stories that you won't find anywhere. Like he's from uh, three, four generations back. I asked him a question. I told him, I asked him, and listen, how are you able to take care of this body? What, what do you think helped you? He said, well, I, I'll be honest, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. But I think, I think it's one thing. And that is, I never in my life ever ate or took anything that was haram. Not haram money, not haram food, nothing haram. It wasn't in my dictionary. Even if I find, like, if I'm suspicious, if I'm doubtful, I stay awake. I think because of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed my body. And he's gonna come at you. He's not he's not your average hundred year old. Right? He's gonna come at you, he's gonna he's gonna roast you, he's gonna do everything. He's talking to you like he's a six-year-old, fifty-year-old. This man's over a hundred. He's saying he 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 was meeting people from the 1920s. Well the 1920s, was that World War One? 1920s. Or a little bit before that, huh? Anyways, Khwari, uh, we, we're all young. Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us. We gotta take advantage of this time that we have in, you know, uh, worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and obeying Him. So, Abi Shuja' it is famously known as that he, he lived for 160 years. This is incorrect. Um, Allahu alam how long he lived, but they say uh, that there is a narration by Al Hafid as Silafi. Hafid al-Silafi from the 6th century passed away in the year 576. And when I say al-Silafi, it is because his scene. Alright? The scene has a little kasra. Alright? Uh, he says that I met Abi Shuja' and he was teaching Shafi'i fiqh for over 40 years in the city of Basra in the year 500. He was born in the year 434. <coughs> you do the math, that's uh, how much? 66, right? He said he met him at the age of 66. And he lived after 500 for a long period. He doesn't know when he exactly died. But he said that he, 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 he was alive after the year 500 for, for a period. Alright? Uh, As-Silafi clearly says that he died in his lifetime. When did As-Silafi die? 576. There's no way he could pass away in the year 593. So, um, a lot of times, you know, when Abi Shuja' we don't have much information regarding his life, but uh, that incorrect, you know, uh, fact about Abi Shuja' that we've been told, that we've been fed, that you find in the books, that is actually incorrect. There's some other things that we can't get into, inshallah ta'ala, let's start with the uh, Kitab al-Buyur. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu wa sallam ala mabuhi rahmatin al-alameen wa ala ahli wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma gfir lana wa li shaykhina wa li al-hadhihi ahamur rahimin. Qala al-musannifu rahimahullah. Al-buyu'u thalathatu ashiya. Bay'u ayni mushahadatin fajaiz. Wa bay'u shayhin mawsufun fi al-dhimma. Fajaizun idha wujidati sifatuh. 
الصفة على ما أوصف به وبيع عين غائبة لم تشاهد لم تشاهد لم توصف لا يجوز نعم طيب When it comes to al-bayr, it is very important that we uh, learn the laws of transactions, especially living here in the United States of America. We're literally, uh, you know, swimming in haram. But we have to, we have to limit it as much as possible. All right. Uh, there's a lot of things that we may not be aware of that we cannot do as Muslims. So, inshallah, in uh, these few lessons that we'll be taking, we'll be learning the laws of transactions. We'll try to set, you know, the conditions, the pillars, and then after that, we try to apply them in modern day, modern day transactions. Try to incorporate as many as we can. They're outside of the book, definitely. But use the book uh, as a reference. But we're going to be going outside of the book a little bit. And then later on, inshallah ta'ala, once we're done with the laws of transactions, we'll move on to the laws of marriage, and then follow it up with the laws of divorce. And as you guys know, fifth is divided into four parts: worship. That's the first one. Second is transactions. Third is marriage and divorce, marital law. And fourth is criminal law. So we'll be covering two-fourths of fiqh, inshallah ta'ala. Hopefully we'll be done uh, by the end of the summer. Al-bayr, transactions, or al-buyu'ir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly mentions in the Quran that it is halal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made al-bayr transactions halal. Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 275. And the madhab Imam al is that this ayah, this verse is general. And what we mean by general is that the origin of all transactions is that they are halal until proven what? Until proven they are haram. So innocent until proven guilty, right? Halal until proven haram. Which is the exact opposite of worship. Worship is what? What is the origin of worship? Haram. You cannot do any act of worship unless, all right, it goes back to the Quran or Sunnah. Worship is haram, okay? Unless it's proven halal. Comes to transactions, if somebody tells you this is haram, what do you tell them? Prove it. Bring the deleen. Who is the, who's the person supposed to bring the deleen? The person who says that it is haram. Okay, somebody does an act of worship, all right? That is not known, okay? A person comes up to him and says, that is an innovation, that is bid'ah. What do we say to that person? Who brings the evidence here? Huh? The one who says this is an act of worship. We gotta understand these, these rules and these parameters, very important. Okay, so the origin, and we'll take one contemporary issue today, and we'll just apply it to it, right? Is it halal or is it haram? Tayyib, the author, he, he mentions, everybody have a pencil and paper? Inshallah, if you don't have a paper, you know, just take it out, inshallah. Or take out notes. He mentions that all transactions are three types. All types of transactions are three types. All right, طبعاً, and these types and these categories, uh, there's different categories when it comes to transactions. We'll go into them, inshallah. Transactions are three types. The first type, is. Alright, this is in terms of whether you see the item or the product or not. Alright, so this cup of tea, for example. This cup of tea right here. Alright, I see right in front of you. I'm trying to sell it right now to one of the brothers. Okay? Buying this item, if you see the product and item, all right, then this is allowed. So the first type is if you see, if 
you're if you have the ability to see the item. Okay? Now, if it's behind a screen, if it's online, does it come under this category? If you have a picture of it, does it come under this category? No, it doesn't. It comes under the second category. The second category is when you don't physically see it right in front of you, but you are described, you're given its features. And from features includes what? Pictures, videos, all of that. If it's online, on the screen, whatever it may be. All right? Now the first one, obviously, if you see it, it's halal, it's jazz, it's permitted as long as the condition of transactions are met. Now this second one, it gets a little, it's a little interesting. All right? There's something called as-salam. Inshallah, that we will get to later on. That is very, very important. As-salam, all right, is basically uh, when, for example, somebody has a farm of dates, all right, farm of dates. Dates come out once a year, right? All right. But if he only sells it during the summer, he's going to be losing out. So he needs to keep selling the entire year. A lot of dates are going to come out. So he says, for example, he comes up to one of the brothers and he says, I'm going to sell you these dates, all right? The dates for next year ahead of time. Is this allowed? This is allowed. No problem. With certain conditions, from his condition, we'll study all this, inshallah, is that you have to give the money initially. You have to, you can't put a down payment. You gotta put the entire money right there, right there and there, you have to give it to him. All right? So, they say that if you're gonna buy a product online or behind the screen that you haven't seen, all right, you have to give the money ahead of time. Okay? You have to give the money ahead of time. This is known as a setup. And we'll get to it, inshallah, because uh, this is just an introduction. We're going to get to it. Now, there's an issue, a hot issue a few years ago that was debated, and that is drop shipping. Is drop shipping allowed? Is it not allowed? Okay? Now, whenever we talk about an issue when it comes to transactions, we go back to what? We go back to the to the rules and the regulations. There's some certain rules and regulations of Bab al-Mu'amalat. From the rules is that you are not allowed to sell anything unless you physically possess it. You have to own it, right? If I'm trying to sell, for example, thobes, I can't sell it unless I own it. All right, the Prophet ﷺ says, La tabi' ma laysa indak. Hadith of Hakim and Hizam narrated by Timmy and the others. Do not sell that which you do not own. Now, uh, didn't we just say that you're allowed to sell the dates for next year as long as you pay ahead of time? Y'all with me, brothers? They contradict? Don't they contradict? Prophet ﷺ, he says, don't sell that which you don't own. You're selling the dates that are coming off from next year. Forget about dates. This stove right here, tailor-made, right? When I was behind the stove, did it exist? It didn't exist. I'm buying something that wasn't present. Am I allowed to buy it or not? How do we combine between both the hadith? What are the rules? The rules are, you guys with me? And this relates directly to dropshipping. I'm gonna explain what dropshipping is in a little bit. The rules are that you're not allowed to sell anything that you do not own except if it is a setup and a setup has certain conditions first condition is that most likely you're gonna have possession of that product product most likely that's one 
Two, and we're going to get to it, inshallah ta'ala. The seven, it has its own chapter. Two, you have to pay ahead of time. Three, you have to know exactly when you're going to receive the product and the item. Those conditions are met, this is an exception to the general rule. If the conditions aren't met, then it is what? It is haram. Brothers, you guys with me or you guys gone? Everybody with me? Or should I repeat it again? All right, repeat it. All right, the Prophet ﷺ, he says, do not sell anything that you do not own or you do not possess or you don't have right then and there. At the same time, he gave a permit to sell yani things from next year, items from next year or the year after, or whenever they come up, whether it's manufactured or agricultural, whatever it may be, as long as certain conditions are met. But aslafa but yuslifi shayin ma'loom, wa wazin ma'loom, wa kayli ma'loom, ila ajalin ma'loom. Prophet hadith is in Bukhari Muslim hadith of Abu Huayra. Alright? How do we combine between both the hadith? Salam has certain conditions. The first condition is that it has to be what? You have to pay ahead of time. Second condition is that most likely you have to have that product. Third condition is what? Third condition is that you have to you have to know when you're going to receive the item and the product and so on and so forth. There has to be a set date. You can't say in the month, month of July 2020. You can't do that. You have to say July 5th, 2020. Or between July 5th and July 7th of 2020. That's not a problem. But July, no. You can't have an entire month. You with me? So where does drop shipping come into this? Some of the mashayikh say that it is it goes under the first hadith. And some mashayikh they say it comes under the second hadith. Let's examine what drop shipping is. Drop shipping is basically, usually happens online, is when you're selling products and you don't have them in stock. You don't have it in your inventory, right? You have to get it from a third party. You buy, you're basically, you're the retailer, you have to buy it from a wholesale, but you don't physically have it. But when somebody orders it, you buy it from the wholesale and you, what? And then you give it to them, right? But that's after he orders, after the contract is signed, after the transaction takes place. You see the problem here? So is drop shipping allowed or is it not? Let's look at the conditions. First condition, all right, the money has to be paid. Money typically paid? Money's typically paid, we're good with that. The time of delivery, all right? Usually it says it, right? Amazon and these guys usually they say two-day shipping, prime this, that. If they have the exact date, that's not a problem. We're good to it. We're good for it, right? Third, now this is the problem, this third condition. Most likely do they have it or not? If it's something that is very, very scarce, then that's when it becomes an issue. But if it's something that is readily available, then it's not a problem. Based on this, Wallahu alam and Allah knows best, Drop shipping is something that is what? Is permitted and is allowed as long as the conditions are met. If the conditions are not met, then it is not. Now there are some Mashaikh that say it is haram. I would suggest you guys go back to an article written by Chef Joe Bradford uh, regarding drop shipping and they'll tell you about that. Just to give you guys uh, a little intro. But drop shipping is what? It is halal Allahu alam and Allah knows best. And it comes under the second category. When you don't see the product, but it is what? It is described. It is allowed as long as it is yeah, the way it's described. That's another condition. There are other conditions, but some of these conditions are known. All right? Somebody tries to uh, sell you, for example, you know, uh, a certain thobe, for example. He tries to sell you a certain thobe. Size and color and all of this, okay? 
or he decides to do something a little bit more related with some J's, all right? Certain J's, you know? The earlier we were talking about T-Max, back in the day, 15 years ago. Some T-Max, I remember there was a time that people used to roll around with T-Max, the entire city, you know? Somebody, you're trying to buy some T-Max shoes, okay? And he brings you some Jordans. Is that transaction, is that valid? No, it's not, you have to, yeah, you have the right to go back and return that product. When we discussed, when we're discussing these issues, what are we discussing? Under what? Under Islamic law. We're not talking about uh, here, what happens here. Okay, but we have to follow it. If we own a business, if we are, if we're the customers or whatever, we have to follow these laws. Number three, The third category, something that you don't see, and it's not described, that's not allowed. So the categories are three. Something that you see right in front of you. This cup of tea, you see right in front of you. Two, something that you don't see, but it's described to you. And an example of that is a salam. That's allowed. And there's also, there's a type of a salam called al-istisna'. Al-istisna' meaning manufacture, and it has less conditions than a salam. So for example, this stove right here comes under al-istisna'. When you're buying the stove, for example, 120 riyals, 120 Saudi riyals, right? Sometimes you give full payments, you give half payment, one third, whatever you want, whatever he, you agree with, you give him some of the money, all right? And then he does the stove for you he, and he brings it back. Which category does it fall under? First, second, or third? Do you see it? Was it described to you? Yes, so it comes under the second. Remember though, we said for the second one, for a salam, the payment must be must be filled, yeah, it must be paid in full. We said that, right? All right, that is if it's agricultural. We're gonna get to it, but I just wanna give you guys for why. It's agricultural, they eat something that comes out. But if it's something that is manufactured, or something that is made physically, you don't have to put pay the payment in full. Wallahu a'lam, according to the correct opinion. So, um, this you can pay, yeah, you can pay half, one third. You don't even have to pay sometimes. You don't even pay if you know the guy. You don't pay him anything, give him everything after. But if it's agriculture, you have to because the Prophet clearly said it. Now, Al Bay' is also divided into three from another side. Let's write this down as well. From another side, it's also divided into three. All right? Uh, the first one is Themen bi Themen. Themen bi Themen. Which is otherwise known as in Arabic as a sulf, currency exchange. When exchanging currencies, you know, US dollars for Saudi rials or Somali shillings, if that exists. All right? Uh, you go to the motherland, everybody trades with USD. Nobody uses shillings, almost nobody. You know, even the guy who stands up in the masjid, right? He says he wants some money, right? He stands up. He's like, yo, send me that dollar on his phone. You gotta send it to him. He has a whole number, an account number, right? <laughs> you know, so everybody dropped two dollars, a dollar, dollar fifty, right? Anyways, currency exchange, all right? Currency exchange is that allowed? Yes, it is allowed under certain conditions. Certain conditions must be met. Must be met. Now, the other day we were asked heavily. You know, my, my brother over here was, was, you know, please give us the answer. Forex. As far as something that is allowed, is it not allowed? Forex is not allowed at all. All right, not one, any bit of it. Why? Because it violates a number of conditions, not just one or two. 
a number of conditions that we'll get to later. And we wrote a, a response to that a few weeks ago. So currency exchange is allowed as long as the conditions are met. What are these conditions? We're going to get to them, inshallah ta'ala. So you can't just go and currency, you can't just do that. All right, there are certain conditions that must be met. The second type is muthman bi muthman. All right, muthman bi muthman meaning product for products. You sell an item for an item. Give me your car, I'll give you my J's. The straight boom right there, right? Give me a car for your J's. All right, you can do it though. Labas. Can you sell item for item? Yes, you can. This is called al muqayala in Arabic. All right? So item for item, is this allowed? Yes, it is allowed for the most part, for most products. Certain products, certain items, you can't. You can't do that. And inshallah, we'll get to it. But for most items that most people use, you guys don't use any of them. Or you guys don't I'm telling you right now, unless you guys live in somewhere uh, past Lakeville or something, you know? In the farmlands back up, up north, unless you live there, I don't think none of you guys are involved in agriculture or farms. But for most part, you can sell item for item, no problem. Two cars for one car, you know, an iPhone for three, you know, you, you know, whatever it may be. All right, I got three iPhone fours, you know, so all three of them, no, nobody's gonna buy them, huh? All three iPhone fours for an iPhone ten, is that allowed? That's allowed. But there are certain items you can't do that. For example, uh, ten kilos of sukkari dates for ten kilos of ajwa dates, or for fifteen kilos of ajwa dates. Can you do that? Can't do that. Dates are certain conditions for it. Okay? Barley, there's certain conditions for it. But everything else, everything that you guys are involved with, no problem. Alright, you guys with me? So we said transactions are divided into three as well. The first type is currency exchange, money for money. As long as it's a currency, it's allowed. Certain conditions must be met. Forex is not allowed because it violates a number of conditions. The second type is what? Is item for item. Product for product. Most products allow without looking at the numbers. It's weight, that doesn't, it doesn't matter, you're good to go. Certain items, you can't do that. Dates, barley, so on and so forth. We'll get to it, inshallah. The third type is what? The third type is most transactions. And that is themen be with men. You buy something for money, an item for money. So you buy this tea for a buck fifty. You buy this, you know, for a dollar. And you buy this book for 20 bucks, right? That's allowed uh, without a problem, but there are certain issues that we can't discuss. I mean, the thing is, everything is intertwined, you know? Beer is, 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 everything comes together. So, inshallah, I'll give you guys one issue to go research before we end. And that is, can you buy gold with a credit card? or a debit card. So, which category does it fall under? Which category does it fall under? The first type is what? Currency for currency. Currency exchange. Does it fall under that? Definitely, right? Does it fall under that, right? Ah, I got you guys there. Gold is a currency or not? No, yes, it's currency. It's it is. is it an item or is it currency? It's currency. Currency. Who says currency? Who says currency? Raise your hand. Don't be shy, brother. You might be, you might be right. I mean, can I go buy some? What's the dollar based off? 
or used to be based off of? It's a currency? It's both. Hey, how about how about both? What is a currency, guys? That, that, that's that's that that was a heavy debate about 60, 70 years ago when paper money became worldwide. What is a currency? Also, if we human beings, we human beings are on some other level right now. Like the way we're thinking. Yeah, and we, we view ourselves as we're like, you know, mashallah, 2019, we're advanced. Uh, I feel like we took not just a step back, we took, we went back to like, you know, Tarzan days, you know, people, people debating about what gender you are, meaningless stuff. If we human beings, you know, uh, getting worse and we take this and we start exchanging paper plates and that becomes a currency. Or we say paper plates, hey, I got a hundred thousand paper plates. Everybody walk around paper plates. Does that become a currency? Yeah. yeah. All right. Is Bitcoin a currency? Yeah. All right. So you see where the problem is? What is a currency? Aslam. Because we don't use gold nowadays. A currency is any medium of exchange that the people agree to. Even if it's something that is, you know, whatever it may be. Any medium of exchange. There are certain scholars, you know, they didn't agree with this early on, but now it has become takhriban, almost, you can almost say it's a unanimous consent amongst scholars, at least the ones alive today. But 57 years ago, there was five different opinions when paper money was like, you know, got popular, right? Okay, so a currency is what any medium of exchange. Okay, is gold used as a medium of exchange? Huh? Yes. Is it still used as a medium of exchange? Yeah. Or is it used as, you know, as a dormant, as, you know, jewelry, accessory, both, but both. Depends on your intention, how you use it, okay? Depends on your intention, how you use it. But I want you guys to go and research. It could go under the first category, and it could go under the third category. My brothers and sisters, go and research this issue. We'll come back and we'll discuss it next week. Can you buy gold with a credit card and a debit card? Can you do that? There's an interesting issue regarding that. So let's research that issue. Let's review everything we have taken. We said that al-bay'ah is what? It's three, it's three types as the author mentions. All right? Something that you see right in front of you that is allowed. Something that you don't see, but it's described, whether online or in person, whatever it may be. That's allowed as long as certain conditions are met. And one prime example of that is a salam or al istisna. And the third type is something that you what you don't see and is not described. That is definitely not allowed. You gotta either describe it or you gotta show it to the brother. Okay? Another another way to categorize a viewer is what? One? Alright, currency exchange. Alright, that's allowed with forexism. Two. Alright? What do you do? Item for item, products for products. That's allowed. Certain certain products are not allowed, like dates, barley. That's not allowed. But everything else is allowed for the most part. The third one is thaman bi muthman. Thaman bi muthman meaning, you know, so most transactions, all right? You buy, um, and uh, or you buy a product and you give the person uh, money. Inshallah ta'ala. There are pillars of transactions or conditions of transactions, inshallah. We will take that next week. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين